This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You know, I kind of say it's, uh, in my opinion, the best block of all time. Uh, You know, obviously we're a little biased and you can uh, talk about the LeBron block as well. But uh, as far as a, a block where he was covering the pick and roll, he had to judge where the pass was, where Aiton was uh, catching it and trying to dunk it above the box. Um, it's about as impressive as you can get. This is BetQL Daily with the Joes, Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio. NBA Finals now a best of three as the scene moves back to the Phoenix area. Game five coming up on Saturday. Bucks winners last night, 109 103. So the home team, the favorite, has won every single game in the series. Uh, Middleton with 40 points, Giannis 26. So it didn't get to that 40 mark again. But Joe G, uh, Giannis and Middleton, this is the third pair of teammates in the NBA Finals in the last 50 years where each of them in the same series have scored at least 40 points. Third pair. The list Giannis and Middleton, LeBron, Kyrie, and Kareem and Magic. That's it. Pretty good. And, <laughs> and there's so many questions over the years about is Middleton good enough to be a number two on a title team? Well, right now he's two wins away from that being true. Let's talk some NBA finals here. Jake Fisher is our next guest, writes for Bleacher Report, and he's a recent author of the book Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. Jake, the finals are tied two games to two. The Bucks win last night. Did you think Chris Middleton had that kind of performance in him? I, I did. I, I've been a big fan of Chris for a long time. You know, I was hoping you guys were going to give me that trivia question because I had all the answers. I, I, <laughs> I, I can't forget LeBron and Kyrie doing that performance against Golden State, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, Middleton has been – we've seen it in playoffs years past a lot. I mean, if you ask any Celtics fan how good Chris Middleton's in the playoffs, they know damn well how you know efficient and lethal that guy can be in the mid-range – um, in the half court too. I, I think the knock on Middleton is just he doesn't do it in a flashy way. Like I always find myself saying, "Oh, what a tough bucket!" And that's not what like wins the Sports Center headlines or you know makes clips go viral online. Like he just does it in a in a bruising, slow, methodical, old school pickup kind of way. And clearly, he's showing that 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 style has translated to the biggest stage. Yeah, and on the other side, Jake, uh, Suns couldn't win the 42-point Booker game. Terrific bounce-back performance. They could not steal one on the road. So it's now best of three. The Suns are still favorites. They're minus 135 because two of the three would be at home if it goes that far. Would you make the Suns the favorite with the way that Milwaukee's playing right now? I think so. And I think, you know, like you said, they, they blew Devin Booker 42 point game. Even I was thinking this during game three, I mean, Jay Crowder's performance in that game was pretty tough to have that shake out in a loss as well. So you wonder, you know, going back home a lot of times for, for role players, for secondary players, for, 
you know, the shooters off the bench, like campaign. That that that's a that's a great. It, it's an old cliche, but going home a lot of times, the, the the rim seems a little bit bigger, the backboard seems a little bit more comfortable. You know, it could really open the door um, for you know all those guys to kind of come together on the same page. And I think obviously they've got two or three at home. And I think they were right there in it last night. Obviously they, they had that lead and they probably should have and could have put that game away. So I, I definitely would still think the Suns are the deeper and, and more talented team, like one through eight. And I think that when, when the rubber hits the road coming out of structure, I think that's going to ultimately be you know, the biggest factor. Jake, Giannis Antetokounmpo last night, uh, you know, he didn't have another 40-point game. It wasn't that kind of historic game, but he did everything. He was everywhere, both sides of the court, defense, facilitating. And, Jake, I'm watching that last night, and I don't know if there's any other big man in the NBA that could have that much energy on both ends of the court this late in a season. And then you factor in the guy was injured last series. We don't even know he's going to play, and he's doing this. Tr- try to put into some context what we're watching out of Giannis, who now is the favorite to win the MVP of this series. Well, he's a two-time reigning MVP and won MVP and defensive player of the year for a reason, right? And I think just like Joe, you know the Ben Simmons situation as well as anybody. I, I think his shortcomings, Giannis' shortcomings end up getting brought up a lot more than um, his successes and his strengths being that we just live in this sports society now where everyone wants to, to hate and criticize and it basically if your name's not even not Kevin Durant you know everyone likes to just poke holes in your game and whatnot and I think I think what NBA observers are in and around the league do differently than what fans do and what you know us talking heads do is they actually really focus on what these guys strengths are and I think we're starting to see people appreciate Giannis for what he really is on this big stage being that you're right. He can do, he's, he's had various different performances, the 40 point games, the game last night. And I think his playmaking has been pretty impressive, especially being that he's able to help create uh, shots for Chris Middleton in the half court. When we've seen, you know, Ben Simmons hasn't been able to do that um, when his offense isn't really flowing. So I think he's just a weapon that, that continues to give his team options and, and, continues to uh throughout the game find ways to contribute let you know most guys if their shots not falling or whatever they end up being kind of a negative but Giannis is always seeming to be a positive when he's out there on the floor uh, with Jake Fisher find his work Bleacher Report at Jake L Fisher over on Twitter this is BetQL Daily Joe Ostrowski Joe Giglio if the Bucks don't pull off that win last night Jake we're all crushing holiday we're going four for 20 from the field but we know how strong he's been on the defensive end. You look at Drew Holiday, even though we don't know on a nightly basis what we're going to get from him on the offensive end, do you view him as a net positive for Milwaukee? I do, but I think I've been saying this a lot to people the last couple of weeks. You know, there's a big cliche that availability is the best ability in sports. I think in basketball, the best ability is consistency. And that's the difference between contributing starting guys night after night after night and the bench players who need to get hot in order to have a real impact. Like that's the difference between Bryn Forbes and Chris Middleton. Honestly, it's the ability to do it and do it night and time again. And uh, depending on the opponent matchup, you know, consistencies. And I think with Drew, this has always kind of been, a knock on him. And I think, you know, even dating back to 2013, you know, obviously Sam Hinkie traded him away very famously that 2013 draft. 
thinking right off the bat at 22 years old that this kid was not going to be the starting point guard on a championship team. Now, that could very well be wrong, right? The Bucks could still win this thing. But there's been um, questions about his ability to do it night in and night out, you know, throughout his entire career. And I think we saw that in that, that great uh, playoff run they had um, in New Orleans back when Monty Williams was his coach, um, when they swept Portland but then got swept in the second round. And, you know, Pelicans coaches I talked to over the years that were with Drew down there always talked about he had a tendency to, to get tunnel vision in the pick and roll where he would only look at the roller or look for his shot and, and, and couldn't sign other guys. And he was doing that earlier in the year, but then he hasn't been doing that of late. So I, I think it really just is a consistency question. But you're right, the, the, the defense that he can provide, um, I think, is that one, you know, baseline factor that he can bring that, so half the half the guys in the NBA don't. Half the guys in the NBA don't play defense one on one in space. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jake Fisher, Bleacher Report, joining us here, the author of Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever, NBA Finals tied up at two now. So we go back to Phoenix here for game number five on Saturday. Jake, DeAndre Ayton, been a great story, great development story. He's been one of the big reasons the Suns are here. Only six points last night. He was in foul trouble in game number four. Do you expect DeAndre Ayton to bounce back? Because as you kind of project forward, I don't see how the Suns can win this thing unless they get the game one, game two version Ayton. Your, your thoughts on Ayton, do you think we'll get a better Ayton in game five? You know, I think a lot of Ayton scoring last night was negatively impacted by Chris Paul's sloppiness with the ball. There, there are a couple mm-hmm. plays, a couple lobs that, that weren't right there, right, right on time. I thought he had a pretty impressive game, to be honest. And I don't remember what his assist numbers were off the off the top of my head. We had at least five, and assists aren't the end-all, be-all for, for passing evaluations, but he helped move that ball and, tell, and helped create that offense in the half court for them. And I thought when Phoenix did make that run to go up seven or nine or whatever it was late in the second half, he was snaring every single tough defensive rebound. And, and he's, like, breathtaking, especially when we talk about everything Giannis is. For him to keep Giannis on his back, play after play after play and get that, that board that, that makes that stop final. I thought he had a great night, I, I, but you're right. You know, him being an extra scoring threat and someone when he's flipping up, you know, little garbage trickling balls on, on the court after offensive rebound and those, those are popping in. And when you hit him on the roll, he's sticking those 10 foot jumpers. Yeah. It adds a new dimension to, to the Suns offense and they would certainly benefit if he can refine, you know, more of that shooting touch as they get back to uh Phoenix here for game five. Jake, how do you think the rest of the series plays out? I think Phoenix gets five, absolutely. Um, I, I, again, the, the going home factor, especially when, when, when you're – I mean, it, it seems to work for the Bucks, right? But when you when you found success at home and you lose a close one, and I, I know the type of coach and leader Monty Williams is, I'm sure he's hyping up his guys. He's not beating them down or, or, or talking about how disappointed he is. I think he's hyping them up to get ready for that home crowd and all that type of stuff. I think they'll take that one. And I, I do think the Suns will, will still win this thing in six. I really do. 
I, I think they're hmm. I think it's been their title to lose ever since they beat the Lakers. And, you know, they've been the second best team in the league all season long. And I, I think, you know, for anyone criticizing this being a poor finals or, you know, an asterisk finals, whatever, I mean, the Suns have been literally the second best team wire to wire um, for the whole regular season. And I think, you know, it, it's just about time that they're going to, you know, cap this thing off and really cement themselves where they where they stood in the NBA hierarchy this year. Well, plus 270, if you're with Jake and you think the Suns win this thing still in six, plus 270 you get on that. Jake, while we have you, um, your thoughts, the latest rumors, anything you've heard on the Ben Simmons sweepstakes? Because it feels like every every couple of days something new comes out. The latest was the Sixers want an all-star or all-star caliber player back for Ben Simmons. Well, of course they are. Of course they want that. Will they get it? Jake, what your thoughts on uh, the latest with Ben and, and how this might play out? My thoughts are that, you know, obviously his representation is doing whatever they can to steer him to a situation they want to. That's what Rich Paul and Clutch Sports always does. But I, I think, you know, the word around the league, and, and Mark Stein wrote this a bit yesterday as well in his new Substack. you know, small market teams are definitely the ones poking around the most on him, looking at him as someone who you know, they really wouldn't be able to get in a typical free agency, right? Like you hear Indiana a lot. You hear Minnesota a lot. Um, I think what, what I'm expecting, being that Daryl Moore is the guy running this thing, um, I, I think they could end up moving Ben in some crazy three, four-team deal, some, maybe like a three-team sign trade with Kyle Lowry or something. You know, They're making this move for, for one reason and one reason only, to, to further optimize Joel Embiid and, and move this, ceil- this team's ceiling up a bit um, to, to capitalize on this guy's prime. And I think – you know, they're not that, – that, that just says all you need to know, right? They're, they're, they're only moving Ben for a situation for players back that are going to make them better right now. And obviously Ben Simmons is pretty damn good, all of his shortcomings, you know, being what they are still. So I think that just sets the bar that they're only going to get back some type of player um, if they trade them all at all. But I expect them to. Um, but they're only going to get back some type of player that really does move the needle closer to them winning a championship next season. Jake, Joe G mentioned your book, Built to Lose, How the NBA's Tanking Era Changed the League Forever. And I, I can't, when I see the title of your book, I can't help but think what's going on in all sports. I don't know how much you follow some of the other sports, but uh, Tampa Bay Lightning just won another title. And this is a team that was going through their tanking a decade ago. I'm in Chicago, so I saw the Cubs in 2016, what Theo Epstein was able to accomplish. Uh, the Astros are still winning after their tanking years. What do you think when you see it? Uh, uh, happening in a positive sense even though it gets ripped by fans some media while you're going through it but it sets up a nice decade many times i think i mean the suns are a product of it for sure like they didn't think it'd be devin booker being this guy when they got him at 13 but you draft him in the lottery you draft mikhail bridges in the lottery cam johnson the lottery deandre ayton number one and it draws the attention of chris paul i think that was always the goal of guys like Sam Hinkie and Rob Hennigan and Ryan McDonough back in the day. Like it's just to win a championship across any sport, you got to stockpile your roster with multiple all-stars. And that is the best way to then draw the attention of other all-stars via trade or via free agency. And I think it's just a tried and true formula that people kind of got to get over with, you know, as, as long as your, your draft positioning where those top all-stars are typically available at 19, 20 years old, as long as that positioning is dependent on your record, Teams are always going to tank, and I think it's just because the dividends are so obvious and straightforward. 
Jake Fisher, Bleacher Report on Twitter, at Jake L. Fisher. Jake, thank you so much for your time. Hope to do it again, all right? Thank you, guys. Yeah, I'd love to come back. That was great. Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report, and check out his book if you're interested in tanking in the NBA. He says, Suns and Six, that's where we were at the start. Um, You can find some plus 300 Phoenix to win the series in six games. Phoenix minus one and a half, same thing. Um, six games total. That is plus 100, the favorite. This thing goes seven, Joe G. Yeah, you know, and people don't connect the Suns to tanking, but they did try. They overachieved, and they ended up with Devin Booker. It re- it worked out in a weird way. All great teams. Don't you have to hit on one of those? They yeah. hit on Giannis in the middle of the first round. The Warriors hit on Steph Curry. got to find one of those gems in the middle of the first round. All right, coming up next, we'll update you on the Open Championship and a fascinating gambling story in basketball yesterday. But women's basketball, that's next on the BetQL Network.